the podcast. I'm Michael Kay. And I'm Allison. We're going to start with a very sad, a tragic story. I'm sure everybody has already heard about it by now. Um, Alec Baldwin accidentally shot and killed Helena Hutchins, the cinematographer of his new movie. Um, It was an accident. The director of the movie, Joel Suiza, was also shot, but he survived and is now out of the hospital. Um, Helena was only 42 years old. She had a nine-year-old son. She was married. So it's sad and it's even more sad because the more we're hearing about it, it was preventable. Yeah, like sometimes you hear about stories that happen on film sets or whatever, any kind of like news story or something. And you're like, oh my God, that's crazy. Like that's a a weird situation that happened and like it's really tragic and stuff this is one of those ones where like you said with every day that passes by we find out more information and it becomes a shittier and shittier situation well probably five minutes after this sad news came out it became obvious that it was like there were problems so here's what we know and i'm getting my uh I don't know if I want to say facts, but reporting. Information. Information, thank you. From the LA Times deadline, um, TMZ. So the movie Rust, I should say was um, shooting. It's a Western movie movie that was shooting in Santa Fe, New Mexico. It's low budget, about $7 million. They were about halfway through a 21-day shooting. Mm-hmm. Uh, they started filming earlier this month, and there's apparently been tons and tons and tons of complaints from crew members about the shitty working conditions. Yeah, I mean, I'll just ask you this, Michael, because it kind of made me think. Does 21 Days seem like a really short shoot for a movie? No, I think some of the like lower budget ones, it's a shorter shoot because they don't have the money. So I guess. I, yeah, I've heard of like three weeks. Okay, I've never heard of that. I don't know why I thought that movies took like nine months to film. I mean, those Hallmark ones probably take three hours. How long yeah, are they? they 90 they minutes? Do. Yeah, it takes three hours to film that whole thing from start to finish. You're not wrong. A Hallmark movie filmed uh, in my parents' town, and I think that they did it in like a weekend. So yeah, you're not you're not wrong. <laughs> yeah, they moved that. So On the day of the accident, seven members of the camera crew who were all part of the union walked off the set. They had it. Their complaints included um, the long hours. They were not getting their paychecks on time. They had to commute from Albuquerque to Santa Fe because production was too cheap to get them a hotel room. And they complained about safety issues, including issues with guns. Mm-hmm. After they walked off, they were replaced by local non-union crew members. Um, Helena was upset about that, and she had been pushing for better conditions for the camera crew. Mm-hmm. Also, days before the accident, Alec Baldwin's stunt double was rehearsing with a prop gun, and it accidentally went off twice after he was told it was a cold gun. So a cold gun is movie talk for a gun that is completely empty 
There's nothing in it. For example, like my head. There's nothing in it. It's completely empty. My head is a cold gun. Cold head. Yeah, <laughs> your head is cold. Yeah, it's like if you pulled the trigger, it would just be like click, 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 click. Nothing would happen. Yeah, that's a cold gun. And mm-hmm. also we'll be talking about live rounds. A live round is any kind of material in the gun. It could be a blank. It could be a bullet. It could be anything. That just means something, some kind of material in the gun. So there were misfires and gun issues on the set. And after Alec Baldwin's stunt double fired a gun he thought was a cold gun, uh, cold gun, a crew member complained and nothing was done. There was no meeting. There was no investigation. Nothing. They went on like nothing. And the crew member said they were like in a rush to finish this shoot. So they kind of ignored the red flags popping up left, right, here and there. Well, I mean, the gun went off twice. That's, you know, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice. Shame on whoever is in charge of that gun. Because two times? Yeah. And that brings us to who is in charge of the gun, um, the head armorer. The head armorer is the weapons master of a film shoot. You know, they're in charge of all of the weapons. So the head armorer on Rust was Hannah Reed Gutierrez. She's 24 years old. She's the daughter of a veteran Hollywood armorer, but Rust was only her second time being head armorer. Her first time was on a Nicolas Cage movie. And after that movie wrapped, she did a podcast interview where she said she didn't know if she was ready for that job. Okay, not a good sign. Yeah, that's not. So she's very, very green. Also, the Los Angeles Times said that producers had a hard time finding a head armorer because several turned it down over how low the budget was and how many guns were being used. There were a lot of firearms needed in the movie because I guess it was a Western movie. Right. Which, I mean, I know that we're probably going to get into this a little bit more, but if there's that many weapons in a movie, why... I mean, I understand why they're going for realism and stuff, but could they just not get, like, fake guns from Party City? Yeah, a a water gun would have been fine. A pistol. Use your fingers. I mean, we're going to, if it's low budget, go go all the way low budget. But yeah, there were a lot of guns. And on the day of the accident, Alec, the camera crew including um, Helena and the director, Joel, were rehearsing a scene in a chapel at Bonanza Creek Ranch, which is like a movie ranch. Mm -hmm. The assistant director, David Halls, grabbed a gun off of a prop cart and yelled, cold gun, before handing it to Alec. And it was not a cold gun, as we sadly know. Mm -hmm. So there was a camera operator on a dolly in front of Alec. Helena Mm -hmm. was standing behind the shoulder of the camera operator, looking at the monitor, and behind her was the director, Joel. Mm -hmm. And when Alec pulled out the gun, he's just practicing, like he's practicing pulling out the gun out of his holster and pointing at the camera, a live round went off. It hit Helena in the chest and shoulder area and went through and hit Joel. And -hmm. she was airlifted to the hospital where she died. When 911 was called, the operator asked if there was a real bullet in the prop gun, and the caller said they didn't know. But it's been reported that Hannah Guterres, the head armorer, pulled a casing out of the gun before handing the gun over to the police. And David Hall, the assistant director, 
was fired from a movie in 2019 when a gun went off unexpectedly and a crew member was injured. He was fired and a report was made. So his career is probably done by now. I mean, you'd hope you'd think his career would be done in 2019, two years ago, when a gun went off and somebody got injured. And um, everyone has released statements over this, including Alec, who said he was heartbroken and devastated. And Helena's father said he blames production and not Alec. And sadly, of course, this is not the first accident like this. Brandon Lee was killed by a prop gun on the set of The Crow. And John Eric Hexum was killed by a blank while filming a movie in 1984. Yeah, because I I mean, I'm just going to say I'm glad you pointed that out. I'm not glad. But what I'm trying to say is when the story came out, I didn't know the difference between blanks and live. Like I knew what a live round was. I assumed it was a bullet. But I always thought a blank was totally safe i don't know what i thought happened when you shot a blank maybe i thought it was just the sound yeah yeah the bang bang noise but nothing came out yeah yeah but apparently a a blank can kill you a blank can like shoot stuff off it's not safe it's not like saying it's not like tossing a beanbag at someone and being like pretend this is a grenade a a blank is it's not it shouldn't be in the gun shouldn't be in the gun is what i'm saying no no, yeah, because a blank is not, like you said, it's not what we thought it was. There's, It can really hurt someone, and it has. <laughs> so because of this tragedy, TV shows like The Rookie and the Boys have vowed to stop using prop guns that shoot material and will instead use airsoft guns, and they will CGI in, like, the flashes, the gun flashes. Right. They'll do them post-production. And, like, shouldn't everyone just be doing that? I, Michael, I was shocked to learn that they were using real guns on TV shows like The Rookie. Like, I understand wanting authenticity for a movie that you think is going to win an Oscar or something, but I just assumed that they were all fake guns on TV shows. Little did I know, they're all... These these are actors holding guns. Like, they're not necessarily trained to hold a real gun. Well, I think some of them train, but... Well, like they probably go some to the of them gun probably, range. Yeah, some of them probably don't and shouldn't be holding a real gun. And if we're at the point where we can CGI dinosaurs and we can CGI realistic looking shit coming out of an ass like in the White Lotus. Lotus. We can, they can CGI guns. Or like you said, just use Nerf guns. You know, we, we, have, yeah. we have imaginations. We can just imagine it. Or you know how they... You know, like little, like not little kid fake guns, but the guns that you would buy at the store, plastic guns, they have to have like an orange cap on them so that you know that it's a toy gun. Yeah, use that. Uh, use that. I mean, CGI it out. Or, or if you have no budget, just get a black Sharpie and color it black. Like you said, use fingers, hold a banana. I don't care. I'm not watching a TV show or movie and being like, well, that's not a real gun. I've I want my money back. Story. Yeah. This is super, this is super, super tragic, though, because, listen, there's a lot of things that you can, like, criticize Alec Baldwin over, Um, but this is, like, a horrible situation to happen to a person and to have happened to a person. Yeah, and it was an accident. It's an accident, but it's, like, it's terrible. Also, do you think this movie's going to come out? No, they stopped production. They don't know if they're ever going to start production. I'm sure they will not. 
I'm sure um, we will, this movie is, yeah, rust is already rust. So let's move to a story that's not a sad tragedy. It is a scandal, a messy scandal. So we've talked about John Mulaney and Olivia Munn and the shady, 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 shady beginnings of their shady, shady uh, relationship. Allegedly, allegedly, allegedly. I don't need to say allegedly. You can, but... Yeah, and look, I mean, you, could do, you could do the math. If you can do the math, then you can take out the word allegedly. Yeah, exactly. Goodwill Hunting, whatever his name is, he will tell you the math adds up. I think his name was Goodwill. No, it was Will Hunting. <laughs> his first name was Good. Good. Mr. Will, first name Good. Okay, there's rumors that they broke up. But for a recap, John Mulaney himself claimed that after he got out of rehab last October, he moved out of the house he shared with his wife, Anna Marie Tendler. So that's him. So he's kind of insinuating he broke up with his wife around October. And then he said he met Olivia Munn in the spring, which would be March at the earliest. That's the absolute earliest that you can classify spring. Flowers aren't even up then. Yeah, maybe end of February. Maybe he... He likes to start spring early. I consider April showers, but that's just me. Yeah, but March at the earliest. Mm -hmm. And he also confirmed that he made a baby with Olivia. Mm -hmm. Um, So his timeline is pretty iffy because John asked Anna Marie for a divorce in February 2021. And Mm -hmm. Olivia said that she's due by the end of the year. So let's say her due date is the last day of the year, December 31st. December 31st, yeah. (laughs) That means John would have had to successfully busted Aranna in her around early April. Uh, Yeah, like, again, very, very late March, April 1st. April Fool's Day is the cutoff for that. Well, I I checked, like, a um, uh, what is it called when you make a baby? gestation oh conceiving (laughs) conceiving a baby busting a raw nut that's what it's Mm -hmm. called but um that this calculator said like april 9th i think it was if you're gonna have a baby on december 31st again we're playing with a very these are razor thin margins here yeah so that means that if they got together in april and she got pregnant but that means they were barebacking from the get-go which it's possible but It looks like John and Olivia got together while he was still married or still with his wife. Very likely. Allegedly, but very likely. Yeah. And then Mm -hmm. Olivia got pregnant because that situation just wasn't messy enough. They had to bring in another human into it to make it extra messy. But it looks like they might be done already. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> before the just before the gestational ends yes so two tips from the instagram gossip account um, dumois claim that they broke up so one tipster heard from a friend of public uh, publicist this is uh, very friend of a friend but hollywood yeah, style who said that a b to c list celebrity and her baby daddy who is an a-list comedian have broken up and that they're not going to announce it is John Mulaney A-list? In the comedy world, I would say. I'd say he's like A, okay. a plus list in terms of comedy. Yes. Okay. Also, is okay. Olivia so Munn C-list? 
That feels generous. She's C-list, yeah. I, yeah. Okay. I don't... I would not put her at B. Inching D. Inching D, but I would not put her at B. I would say straddling, C. Straddling the line between C yeah. and D. Okay. And another tipster said that the A-list comedian and his pregnant girlfriend broke up because he got caught cheating with an A-list celebrity who is not the obvious choice in the public's eye. Who would that be? Meryl Streep. I'm, I'll say Betty White. But Betty White is everyone's obvious choice because everybody say, wants to get with Betty White. Of course, that you could not pick a more obvious choice, Michael. That's but, true. Okay, if you had a second choice, though, who would it be? An A-list that is not A-list celebrity that's not ever. Um, John Mulaney. Who would? Okay, who would? Who would cheat with John Mulaney while he has a pregnant girlfriend? And the pregnant Sienna girlfriend. Sienna <laughs> An- Angelina Jolie. <gasps> Imagine if it was. I like oh this story. Yeah, I wish, but probably <laughs> not. Oh, also, the tipster said, which I love. They said, "I work in publicity." Like. <laughs> <laughs> same with the other person they said my friend who works in publicity and this person's like maybe they're the friend i just about yeah i just imagine uh, a text chain between every publicist in hollywood it's like 600 names deep and they're like oh i have some information about john mulaney we have to discuss this because we are all publicists yeah and yeah and so a publicist said it which it must be true and that's what you should say whenever someone you know Ask you to clarify. Just say I'm I'm in publicity. I heard Don't from question a me. Don't question me. My sister's best friend's neighbor is a publicist. Okay, I would not be wrong about this. Yeah, you would not lie. And a source tells Us Weekly that John and Olivia's relationship was imperfect from the beginning. Really? <laughs> they said, that's a polite way of saying fucking that, mess. That source must be a, a publicist because it must be true. They're in publicity, um, but the source thinks that they're not going uh, that, that they're going to be great parents, but probably won't be together for much longer. I I believe that. I bet that they'll like be good parents, they'll co-parent, but they're not they're not moving in together. They're not doing red carpets. No, this was yeah no. But aren't you supposed to when you get out of rehab? Aren't you supposed to not make any big life changes like the first yes. year or something? That is a huge one. I mean, even when you get out of a relationship, people tell you, like, don't cut your hair. Don't make a big choice. Wait 30 days. But especially with rehab. Yeah, and he like, did it all. Take your time. Yeah. He, oh, my God. He did it all. Also, you know, that term, um, I, I hate it because it's the most, oh, some people love to throw this around like it's a badge of honor when they can, like, throw it in someone's face. When they say, how you, how you get him is how you lose him. You know that mm-hmm. term? Yes. Okay. With John Mulaney, though, it's like how you get him is how you lose him. So this is a plus to Olivia Munn. She got him because he was with his wife and got out of rehab and then she got pregnant. So does that mean that how she loses him is he leaves her and then get someone else pregnant? Is this A-lister going to get pregnant is my question. Yeah, so if we see Angelina Jolie with a bump, we, we know what's up. The tabloids will be like, is it Brad's? No, it's, <laughs> it's John Brad's, Mulaney's. Yeah. Speak to a publicist already. Yeah, we'll know the truth. We're, we know a publicist somehow, so we know the truth because we know a publicist. But I hope they stay. I hope this is not true and they stay together. Okay, why? And I hope 
that she gives birth to their baby and they're one big happy family. And she, they named the baby Newton. Because then it'd be Olivia, Newton, and John. Oh, Michael, they have to stay together for that reason. Just for that reason. So Only please, for you that two, reason. Yeah, stay together so you can name <laughs> they, your baby Newton. It's like, we know you don't like each other. There's allegedly been cheating. Yeah. But you need to have a family that's Olivia, Newton, John. So... Yes, yeah, so you can put on a Christmas card. So you can put on a holiday card from Olivia oh. Newton and John. Yeah. Okay, let's end with some adorableness and talk about paternity leave, which I just love saying. Paternity it's leave. It's a cute word. Yeah. It's so stupid. But um, paternity leave, in case you don't know, is like maternity and paternity leave, but for when you get a puppy. And I've never heard about this mess before. Have you? Neither, no, neither have I. When we were talking about it, I just assumed it was a cute little word like paternity. No, paternity is real. Yeah, I found articles about paternity leave from a few years ago, but it recently went viral After a British CEO named Roger Wade, he's the CEO of an events planning business, he did a poll on LinkedIn. So he claims that one of his employees asked for for paternity leave because they got a new puppy. And so he did a poll to ask what people thought about it. 61% hate puppies because they're against paternity leave. And 39% are okay with paternity leave. So here's a comment from a paternity hater. The world has officially gone mad. 39% of people actually think it's okay to have time off for having a dog. This is an underlining issue with society. The fact that people feel entitled to everything. It's not your employer's issue or responsibility. If you feel that burning desire to get a dog, change your circumstances to allow it. I mean, couldn't you say that about having a baby? Yeah, exactly. That hates it. It was written by Quella DeVille. It really, it really yeah, was, right. yeah. Yeah, so here's a paternity agreer. So they said, new puppy owner here, currently on week four of sleepless nights, cleaning up messes and running around after pup whilst trying to hold down a full-time job. I would have loved a couple of weeks off to be able to do my job to the best of my abilities and settle my new family member in. I agree. I'm I'm on the side of the 39% or whatever that want paternity leave. There's truly nothing worse than um, a dog or a cat that is like weird and maladjusted. And like, like, obviously, there are circumstances, you know, if you adopt a pet, you kind of bring on their trauma and you like have to help them and stuff like that. But that takes time. And you don't want to just like, you don't want to just like, let's say buy a dog and then put it in your house and leave for nine hours of the day. And it doesn't know how to do anything. It doesn't know how to like, I don't know, you should, I'm not saying you need a whole year off. Oh, no, I, I, would, I need a whole animal. year. Yeah, I would take a whole year. <laughs> I would take three or four If it's available to you. Look, take advantage of it. If it is available to you, take advantage of these benefits. Yeah, take them up. So Roger Wade said that he made a compromise with his employee and is letting them work from home for a few weeks so they can be there for their puppy baby. And some businesses have begun offering paid leave if you adopt a puppy from a shelter. I think that's cute. Yeah, like you said, like I, uh, my last dog, Elvie, I got him when he was a puppy. And he was a mess. He would chew everything, shit, bark. And my neighbors already had enough to deal with with me. So 
I was like, what am I going to do? So I asked my boss at the time, and he said, bring the dog in. So that's what I did. I brought him in maybe for a week. And that's and great. Maybe two weeks. And he would just sit on, you know, by my desk, and he was fine. I think that's he just really wanted good. someone there. Because yeah, when like he was it, alone, he would cause chaos. Yeah, you can't explain to a dog what's going on. They don't understand. You're in their life one minute, and then you leave the next. They don't know if you're coming back ever. That's going to be hard for a dog. Yeah, when they're not chewing your shit up, barking, shitting everywhere, they're sitting out of the window, sad and singing like, somewhere out there, because they're waiting for you to come back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I just want to work for a place that offers paternity, paternity leave so I can say... Where, um, where do I submit my request for paternity leave? <laughs> Just so I can say it in a business setting. Michael, do you know what your IQ number is? Negative 69. Negative 69? What's your IQ number? 420. <laughs> it's it's not for it wouldn't be ever be ever before no, no, no. six 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 um, six yes so I don't, I don't even think it goes up that high I think it goes up to like 160 but the point here then is, you're definitely 160 oh thank you that's the nicest thing anyone's ever said about my my dumb old brain but that's coming from someone whose IQ is probably in the negative Neg- so. negative 69 <laughs> you're negative six 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 what are we talking about? All 69 is positive. It's never negative. Okay, Kate Beckinsale knows what her IQ is. The actress Kate Beckinsale. Not not to be confused with the scientist Kate Beckinsale, which is what she might have been in a different life had things gone differently for her. So Kate Beckinsale's IQ is 152. Okay. Which, that's high, apparently. According almost to Kate perfect. Beckinsale. Almost a perfect score. Exactly. It's almost 420. So she has a high IQ of 152, and she said that her mom got her tested when she was a kid because her mom thought she was clever, or like whatever, however British people say smart, they say clever. Um, and she said that it hasn't been helpful in her career. Being smart and beautiful has not helped, been a helpful thing. She said being smart has almost been a handicap in her career. And she said that doctors have told her that she would be happier if she was 30% less smart. Kate Beckinsale, certified almost genius. I mean, I don't want to argue with a genius, but I'm fucking busted and dumb and I'm not happy. So <laughs> yeah. So across the board, we're not all happy. Yeah, but maybe if you were 30, if you were 30% less smart than you are right now, you might be happy. But I'm a negative 69. How lower can you get? Hello, can you go? <laughs> All right. Ryan Gosling is Ken. Michael. By which I mean Ryan Gosling is going to be Ken in that mm-hmm. Barbie movie. Yes. The Barbie movie that I honestly feel like we've been talking about since like since I started first writing it delisted. Doesn't it feel like this movie has been in the works for like years? I think since two. 2000- is in 15 maybe maybe 2014 because it was first amy schumer yes and then she left and then it was anne hathaway yes and then she left and now it's margot robbie so this barbie movie is uh it's being written directed by greta gerwig and noah bombach and 
uh, they have finally cast Ken. It's Ryan Gosling. And which kind of makes sense because. Well, another straight actor taking the role of a gay icon. Oh, you think that Ken is her friend, not her boyfriend? Oh, Ken is gay. No, actually, Ken is bi. Ken is bi. Yeah. So he's taking the role of a bi icon. That's rude. Yeah. What What do you think about Ryan Gosling as Ken? Oh, I thought you were going to say, like, in general. I think it I think it kind of works, except, okay, this is going to make me sound really rude, and I don't mean to be, because Ryan Gosling is a Canadian person, and I have the most respect for him. Obviously, you know, Breaker High and Young Hercules are, like, I, you know, iconic television, but it, he like seems kind of too old for it. How old is like, he? 40? For like maybe 40s, 40, right? Like early 40s. I want to say like 42, but I always pictured Ken as being like 21. Maybe 30s. I mean, <laughs> we're talking we know, about, we're talking about like a doll. Like, a doll. <laughs> a doll who has no age. A doll who was born in, I believe, 1963. <laughs> so. And he is ageless, and he, like, was a high school student, but then he was also a pilot. He, he's been everything, yeah. He's been everything. I just feel bad, though, because Ken is a hot plastic sidekick with a creepy frozen face, which means that every reality show husband was robbed. Yeah, or Henry Cavill, because he is stiff as hell on the screen, so he could have killed this. But mm-hmm. who is this movie for? I know, Michael, really, who is this for? And I need to stress, I am a, I'm a huge Barbie person. And even I'm like, oh, I don't know what this movie is about. <laughs> I won't be rushing to the theater on this one. Well, <laughs> is it it's for kids? So, it's so weird that I think it's for us who love weird shit. That's who it's for. Oh, is this going to be cats, but for doll collectors? Yes. So I can't wait. I'm into it. Um, Mila Kunis is talking about her kids again. And she recently talked about her, and I quote, biggest parenting fail. It's not that her kids got ringworm from not bathing. She's not talking about bathing again. Um, she was on a thing called Ellen DeGeneres Mom Confessions. Oh, my God. That sounds like a nightmare. I know. I'm like, why did Ellen just quit the show now? You don't have to finish out the year. <laughs> Nobody needs the we don't have to go all the way till uh, June. Just say I'm done. I'm walking away now. I mean, they play that on the elevator going to hell because that sounds <laughs> terrible. I like the, the little TV in the corner where it's got the weather and then it's got like a little newsreel on the bottom. The big screen is Ellen DeGeneres' bomb confessions. All right. So Mila Kunis and Ashton Kutcher have two kids. Um, Wyatt and... I forget the other one's name. We're only talking about Wyatt right now. So the uh, the other one is not relevant at this point. Erp. Erp. Wyatt Erp. Mm-hmm, yeah. Exactly. Lil Wyatt Erp. and Erp. Yeah. Lil Erp, take a bench. This story's not about you. So Mila Kunis said that her kid is... Wyatt is seven... But she said this happened when she was six. Her daughter was at preschool and a kid pushed her and she came home and said, this kid pushed me. So Mila Kunis asked her, did you push the other kid back? And she said, no. And so she told her kid, the next time they push you, push them back, say no, thank you and walk away. She said that Ashton Kutcher was horrified and was like, you don't do that. You don't push another kid. But Mila kind of said like, well, that's what I would have done as a kid. And my daughter's a lot like me. And I think that my daughter should stand up for herself. So, yeah, I think that she should, like, push the kid back. Which, that's a terrible idea. Well, because Wyatt's parents are famous. And 
All that kid has to do is go home and say, Wyatt Kutcher Kunis uh, pushed me at school. And they're like, oh, did they now? And they'll sue. They know or they'll call got... Star Magazine and make a little make a little money on the side. But it's probably a rich yeah. person's school. But mm-hmm. what, who is going to push Mila and Ashton is what I want to know. Because they, you know, they went and told everyone that they don't bathe their kids until their kids, I think, they see dirt on them, they mm-hmm. said. So they're giving these bullies ammunition like if my mom was famous when i was a kid and said that she she didn't bathe me regularly my bullies would be sending her edible arrangements as a thank you gift balloons (laughs) because they'd be like thank you we have more shit to make fun of him with thank you so much your mom's like why do i keep receiving such wonderful gift baskets from these little boys (laughs) from little boys (laughs) just Signed, Jeremy. Jeremy, third grade. (laughs) Michael, there are wedding bells in the air because Paris Hilton is getting married on November the 11th. I mean, again, it feels like she's She's always getting married. But never, she never makes it down the aisle, but she's always getting married. Always, always an engaged woman, never the bride, except allegedly she's going to be the bride on November 11th. Her fiance's name is Carter Reum. Mm-hmm. She's rich. He's rich. He's a venture capitalist and his like daddy is like a rich banker. And yet still, Michael, they have a $60,000 wedding registry with all kinds of stuff on it that you can buy for Paris Hilton and Carter Reum, should you so choose. And Would all you- of that, all of the shiz is overpriced and useless as her. So it's, 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 it's true. Yeah. It's very tacky. It's very gaudy. Uh, it's the opposite of extremely classy. Would you like to know some things that are on her wedding registry? Oh, I can't wait because I'm going to try to buy something on there. Let me see. Yes. Okay. What's the first item? Let me see if I can afford this. Okay. Well, pull out your checkbook right now because you're definitely going to want to buy it right away. She has a $985 chip and dip tray. Okay. That one's off the table. Um, An $1,845 caviar. All right. That's a caviar serving set if you want to. If you said 18 cents, even then that would be too much. Okay. Sorry, go ahead. All right, yeah, because you got to pay for shipping on that. That's probably twenty bucks. Uh, a several, so you don't have to pick a whole set. You can just pick one. Three hundred and sixty-five dollar crystal wine glasses. And okay. if you if you really want to go all out, she has a five thousand dollar crystal vase on her registry as well, and also tons of Hermes branded stuff because, like we mentioned, very classy, very she's very tasteful. Yes, and to add on top of that. Several crystal butterflies. Several expensive crystal butterflies are on the registry as well. She's not Mariah. I know. That's what I thought, too. I was like, look, if this is a Mariah Carey wedding registry, all of the lambs would be buying those crystal butterflies for her. But Paris Hilton, that's your thing is dogs, not butterflies. Yeah, no, no. And those are all bad presents. Like if you were a friend or family member of Paris and you knew her, what you would get her is a gift certificate to a divorce lawyer since she's going to use it like the next day after her wedding. <laughs> a gift certificate? I think they do gift cards now. Yeah. gift. Laura Wasser, she does gift cards. In honor of Halloween being at the end of this week, Michael and I have decided to close out this week's episode with a top three list And we decide to make it a little bit spooky, a little bit scary, a little bit sexy. Horny. (laughs) Do you say corny or porny? Horny. 
horny, corny, porny, and horny. Yeah. That's our top three this week. But our top three is our top three horror movie villains that we would want to have sex with, or at least go on a date with, or at least be given five. a chance to text five. with them. Vilf. A vilf. A vilf. <laughs> or a milf, a monster I'd like to fuck. Yeah, either or. Yes. So, Michael, why don't you start us out and tell us what your uh, number three pick for your sexiest Halloween movie movie A, vil- a villain I'd fuck. Okay, my yes. number three is an easy one. Um, Pinhead from Hellraiser. <gasps> okay, uh, Michael, I'm just going to stop you right there because that's my number three as well. Okay. So we, go ahead. Great minds or yes. great genitals think alike. Um, <laughs> he's... He's hot as hell. He's pasty as hell, but he's hot as hell. Um, you know he can fuck. Um, sitting on his face might be a little tricky, but that's a risk I'm willing to take. And do you think his dickhead has pins in it too? You, oh, do the carpets match the drapes is yes, what you're saying? so to speak. Yeah, yeah. I think so, because everything's got to be bad. Like, his head looks really painful, so you know that dick is painful too. Okay, that wouldn't be a problem for me because my hole is so thrashed up. So it would just, I would probably keep saying like, is it in yet? He's like, it's all the way in and it's kind of tearing up your insides. Yeah. I can't feel a thing. Pinhead's whole thing too is about being like super horny, but also torture. And so he'd be like, this doesn't seem to be torturing you, Michael. It's over between us. Why is he your number three, Pinhead? Okay, so sit for same reason as you. His whole thing is about being super horny and super sexy. Um, it's all about like solve this puzzle box so that we can fuck. Because uh, you have to, he makes you play a game first. Like you need to, he puts you through the motion. So you have, he wants to know that you're worth it. You've got to solve the puzzle box, and then once you get it, he's like, great. Now we can fuck, and it can also torture you in hell. He's very into it too. Like he wants to have sex with you and torture you for the rest of your like for all of eternity. So he's that's not just, marriage. That's marriage. So it's yeah. commitment. He's committed to it. I I like commitment. That's what does it for me. So that's why Pinhead is number three for me. Okay, so number two. What's your number two? Uh, my n- number two is Gary Oldman's Dracula. Okay, good. He that's has good. He has gorgeous hair. He mm-hmm. can. As we know, he can suck like no other. He has a Hoover vacuum of a mouth. Um, He wears a top hat like no other. And he never broke character while acting opposite Keanu Reeves doing a British accent. So that shows he has a lot of patience. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. He's like considerate. All the things I love in a man. So yeah, Gary Oldman's Dracula. What's your number two? Okay, so my number two was, it was kind of a toss-up. Like, it was going to be the Babadook for the same reason that you picked Gary Oldman, which is that he dresses nice and he wears a top hat and he's always there for you. But my number two is Freddy Krueger because Freddy Krueger still kind of looks human. He's, like, not a complete monster. His skin is really bad, but I also have a skin condition where, like, I look a little bit like rough. So it's He just fine needs some CeraVe, some CeraVe moisturizer. He'll be good. That's to the go. thing. He needs a visit to the dermatologist, maybe some fusidin antibiotic. He's fine. He also kind of like he's got good style, like he wears a sweater. So that tells me he's kind of into fall. And um he makes jokes. I like somebody who can make me laugh. 
And also the knives on his uh, hands, those are retractable. So Pinhead, you can't retract the pins in his head, but Freddy can take off the gloves and he can be like a tender lover if you need him to be. Also, he likes fire and who doesn't like fire? Um, <laughs> I mean, obviously some people don't like fire, but like but, that's romantic. But he'll, like, but he'll never give you space because he'll haunt you in your dreams and nightmares and... It, that's I that that might be a good thing if you like the clingy type. Oh yeah, I'm I'm very uh, uh oh shit. What's the word I'm looking for? You know the thing codependent. codependent. Yeah. I'm very codependent, so I need somebody who's gonna be with me awake, asleep, in hell, everywhere. Perfect. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Match. So, who is your number one? If you could only have one one uh, one lover this Halloween time, who would it be, Michael? Okay, this was easy. The Candyman. Okay, oh, good. Yeah. Good he's hot. He dresses good. He's a gentleman. And like, if you want a booty call from him, you don't have to text him like you up and then wait for him to text you back. All you have to do is go to the mirror and say you up Candyman five times and he shows up like mm-hmm. he's always there when you call. You just have to call five times. And he's going to be there in that fur coat, too, which, again, says he's not showing up in sweatpants. No. And um, the bees might be a problem. I'm allergic to wasps, but I'll get an EpiPen. I'll suck myself with an EpiPen first, and then we can play. Yeah. That's the ideal That's the ideal date, is when it starts with an EpiPen. Mm-hmm. Your number one, Allison. Okay, so my number one is a little bit weird. It's the entity from It Follows. So have you seen It Follows, Michael? Yes. Okay, so the entity is this mysterious thing, and it Mm -hmm. transmits through sex. And if you have sex with somebody who is possessed by the entity, or if the entity is taking a human form, then you are basically cursed to death. The entity is going to follow you until it kills you. So... For the same reason that I'm into Freddy Krueger, I want somebody who's going to follow me around and who will not leave me, um, who will always be there with me and who will want to, you know, see it through to the end. Also, it's guaranteed, like the entity has to have sex. So the only problem I can see is maybe if I get with the entity and then the entity is like, uh, I'm really, I'm really tired. I don't want to infect a new host that badly. I've got an early meeting in the morning. That would be crushing for my self-esteem. But I don't think that'll happen because like I mentioned, the entity thrives on uh, sex and then killing you. So. Well, if you like, if you like something that will never leave you and thrives on sex, just get an STD. <laughs> hmm. Where will I find one of those this Halloween? <laughs> Anywhere, they're everywhere. <laughs> Any Halloween party. <laughs> Chlamydia coming up. And I mean, I know you mentioned Babadook, but none of us picked Babadook, which is homophobic. Someone, is... I should have picked Babadook. Okay, number four, Babadook. Honorable mention is Babadook. For both here's of us, the, yeah. And here's the thing with Babadook, though. I don't think Babadook is a fucker. I think a Babadook is somebody who puts in like three months of dating. First. Well, that face, I mean, he looks like he can eat ass, seriously. He can go to Munchtown on an ass with that face. That's what that looks like to me. It's true. But the whole, like, steampunk look also, to me, says, like, repressed Christian who needs a Oh, they eat ass. First. Good. They eat ass. Good. So, yeah. Okay. He's in my number one now. Okay. 
Okay, so that ends this show. And like always, if you want to email us with a question or a note or whatever, you can at DTP at delisted.com. And we hope you have a happy, 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 happy Halloween. Good. Ooh, Michael. Ooh, oh, Michael.